This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Happy New Year. Thank you so much for downloading today's show. Coming up, Nick answers that question that everybody seems to be asking me on social media. Did he manage to achieve 18 roast potatoes on Christmas Day? And then you, the way I've, the way I've learned is if you start with five and you eat it with the rest of your dinner and then as long as you're a gravy boat... And a bowl of roast potatoes. You need moisture. There. You need to moisture it up. Exactly. Don't you? And then you just do fours, four, four, four. Four and rest. Are you talking four rest? Just reps of four. Yeah, just go bang, four, <laughs> bang, four, bang, <laughs> four. After all that festive food, obviously I've got to get back down to fighting weight. So I've set myself a challenge. Well, when's the date? Well, come on, then. Oh, no, let's no, set a no, date. No, I'm not setting a date, mate. No, no, come on, come on. If you're going to commit to it, let's set a fight date. And as well as discussing all the latest news in the world of boxing, me and Nick pick our prospects for 2017. Both of these lads are British. Both of these lads are in the same weight category. I mean, we might even see them two in it together. I, listen, that's what I'm getting excited about. You might even see them together. Ooh, what if mm. my prospect for 2017... Against mine. For your prospect for yeah, 2017. Man. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, welcome to episode 63 of the Fight Disciples podcast and the first one of 2017. Happy New Year to you, Nicholas. Happy New Year, buddy. How are you? Good? I'm very good, yeah. Very good. Good festive Relaxed, period. Relaxed, supercharged. I'm going to say you like uh, you like Jack Bauer during the festive period, you aren't you? You go, you go off-piste. Big time. See, I'm, a, I'm a family man, you see. I that's like to it. do the proper family Christmas. So Can't I get hold of him. Uh, Can't get hold of Nick during Christmas time. That's it. No, End of chat. How did you it. get on with your uh, roast potato challenge? Oh, I failed miserably. Bullshit. Failed Seriously? Miserably, right? Listen, let me explain. Because as we as I've commented on the show previously, if I was a Marvel superhero, I would be like Carb Man or something, you know, <laughs> interesting. Do you know what I mean? Carb Man? Carb Man. <laughs> As because in carbohydrate? My ability to carbohydrate, carbohydrate, <laughs> carbohydrate is like different level, otherworldly, otherworldly. Christmas Day, I'm there, I'm ready. Mm. You know, I've had I've had a big breakfast. Good lad. Stretch the stomach, get myself ready. Get it warm up. Exactly. <laughs> had a couple of uh, you know um, what are they called the old champagne and orange juice. Oh, books fizz. Have you got a box fizz? fizz oh yes. Oh yeah, a bit of box fizz. Yeah. Something about been me folks for a full English, the full it there. On my way up to the in-laws, get it all sorted, starter comes out, I'm bashing away at this nice starter, you know, goat's cheese and Ooh. beetroot and Ooh. bacon and oh yeah, it was the business. I'm thinking this is on, this is on. So the dinner comes out and I've got my usual, you know, start with five. And then you, the way I've, I've learned is if you start with five and you eat it with the rest of your dinner and then as long as you're a gravy boat and a bowl of roast potatoes. You need moisture, there, you need to moisture it Exactly. Up, and then you just do fours, four, four. Four. Four and rest. Are you talking four rest? Just reps of four, yeah. Just go bang, four, <laughs> bang, four, bang, <laughs> four. And that's how I work it. But I, I, I powers through the first five. Next four, bang, powers through them. I've still got turkey left on my plate. There's Lad. still cranberry sauce. Never mind. I'm, ju- I'm not even in the roast potato zone just yet. And uh, anyway, the little miss, she's ill. So the wife's away from the dinner table, hasn't even got halfway through her dinner because the baby needs sorting out. And then the little fella's playing up, he's all tired. So she was like, oh, you better take him for a little drive in the car, you know, the old car trick. You've just, you've been on the box fizz, lad. I'd only had one. I'd only had one <laughs> box fizz. So I was like, oh. so I had to go away, take him for a little drive, come back 20 minutes, it had gone then. You know, it had gone. The moment had gone, it oh. passed me by. So what did you finish on? Nine. 
Oh, not even your previous record of 12. Pathetic. Not even close. Oh, mate. Not even close. Never mind, eh? So I was there as well, you know, when you're just feeling it. The the duck, the, the roasties were in the duck fat. The gravy was nice and thick and heavy. You know, I was I was in the right zone for it to happen. But anyway, kids, man. Mm, kids wrecking the Ruin wrecking the everything. Drink. Speaking of ruining everything, mate, on our last show, when we were singing all the songs, all the Christmas songs, and you were talking about the feather cut, he's gone. Yeah. He's gone. It's over. I know. How strange is that? That was weird. We had, yeah. the, we had the wham hits playing, and the next thing you know, George Michael's popped it. I know. It's uh, It's been a sad little Christmas, hasn't it? Well, it's, it was a sad end to a... To a bit of a poison chalice of a year, wasn't it? We lost quite a few. Uh, I saw, few I saw, ones. I saw you with your little post for uh, Princess Leia. Oh yes, showing the love for the Star Wars. I know, I know. I am a huge Star Wars fan. Obviously, it's my generation. Mm. But uh, Princess Leia, man, yeah. I, see, I, I put on my post as well. Hashtag face crush, and I got a bit of a response, and people were agreeing with me and stuff. And then I was chatting with the wife, and she was saying. Face crush, yeah, Princess I'd, Leia. Yeah, she got a shit haircut, mate. What's all that about? Like, what? And I was like, you know what? I, she wasn't. I've got a. I think I might have come later when obviously when Jedi comes out in the full gold bikini business and all that. There was mm. obviously some titillation there, but I've got to put my hands up. Face crush, Kylie, man. Kylie really? My, yeah, Kylie was my face crush. Neighbours, isn't it? Nah. That, that big crazy perm. Yeah, Kylie was my face crush. I'm praying. Charlene. So. Charlene. Charlene. Mangle. Exactly. My fa- Did you ever used to watch Saved by the Bell? Oh, yeah, yeah. Kelly Kapowski, mate, every single day. That's top draw. That is top draw, isn't it? Yeah, Kelly Kapowski, yeah. young that, man's dream. Nine years that. of age, watching that nonsense just before you go to school. You never, you know what I mean? You don't need Viagra back then, boy. I, I know, exactly. Hey, the main Pump. man as well off there is uh, hosts all of boxing now for HBO as well. He's the boy, isn't he? S.E. Slater. He's the main man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slater, yeah. S.E. Slater. He was, uh, I'm sure he was dancing <laughs> on the stars with one time, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah, yeah he was, he's hosting he's awesome, all the. Mario Go. What's his Mario name? Mario Go. Yeah, Lopez, yeah, yeah. Lopez. Mario that's Lopez, yeah. That's yeah, him. That's yeah. the boy. He's got, he, he had a proper soul glow bubble perm back in the day, he didn't he? Did, yeah. Serious <laughs> tackle, that. Serious. Anyway, we digress, my man. Um, because we need to obviously go over the winners of our fighter of the year, fight of the year, knockout of the year, as voted for by the lovely people that listen to this show. Thank you, by the way, for listening to us last year. We, you're going on a bit of a journey with us now because this year is going to be absolutely mental. Yeah, over the festive period, while uh, Nick's been attempting world record uh, uh, spuds, roast potato eating, um, I've been chatting to a few people trying to secure competition prizes and tickets uh, for next year. I've already managed to uh, get the golden handshake on the Bellevue hair stuff, so we're going to be giving tickets away for that. Fingers Wicked. crossed. If there's any left, we'll have some uh, Klitschko uh, and AJ tickets as well. Um, and if it ever gets made, Carl and Brook could be a winner, my friend. We could we could be in there. That would be great. Um, but. The people that voted last year uh, at the back end of last year. Are you, were you surprised by the wins? Um, Are you surprised oh, that Conor McGregor was our fighter of the year? Yes. Or, over Carl Frampton? Yes. Um, no, because there's two ways to look at it. No, because Conor's a way bigger star than Carl Frampton. Way bit like globally, he's a bigger star. Hmm. You know, maybe obviously if you're a diehard boxing fan, you'll probably argue the opposite of that. But uh, Connor is a bigger star, <laughs> I guarantee it. What did he make last year? 30, 40 million. Hmm. He's a bigger star, rest assured. So, it, unfortunately, I just thought it might have been a bit more of a you know, the, the guy was two and one for the year. Don't get me wrong, it's rare to get someone win fight, you know, win fight of the year and, and then, lose a fight, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he did avenge the loss. Uh, and then he did add a second belt at a second weight class as well. So yeah, yeah. basically what Carl did, Carl went to the line then twice though, didn't he? And won consecutive belts against mm. consecutive champions 
on away turf, so that was kind of cool. And I don't know what I don't know. We never mentioned who finished second or who finished third. Frampton. So it was it was McGregor with forty percent of our vote. Yeah, thirty percent went to Carl Frampton. Uh, in third place was Bispin. He got eighteen percent of the vote, yeah. and then your boy Lomachenko finished with twelve percent of the vote. So thank you very much if you took the time to uh, hit the buttons on that. Yeah, Bisping man. He's uh, obviously it's the the fighters only world MMA awards are going live this yeah. week or they're live right now, should I say? By the time you listen to this, and uh, obviously Conor McGregor goes head to head with Michael Bisping again, along with Cody Garbrandt, who was, it was a big winner last weekend. So there's yeah. there are three of the five who have been shortlisted for the world MMA awards there. So it'd be interesting to see how the pure MMA fan base votes mm. over the course of January in terms of tallying up with our uh, with with Frampton beating Conor McGregor or even if they vote for Bispin over it's a good one it's been a well, good Bis- year Bis- Bispin so. won the Rolling Stone one didn't he he won uh, the Rolling yeah. Stone fighter of the year the MMA fighter of the year and we will exactly. be talking about that in great depth um, on tomorrow's show so if you don't subscribe to our podcast we do do two shows we do a boxing one on a Wednesday we do a Thursday one dedicated to the UFC and we normally we preview all fights on Fridays no preview show this week obviously because there's no fights for us this weekend uh, but our UFC uh, show will be available for you Thursday uh, tomorrow so make sure you go and uh, no subscribe. arguments against Frampton no no, no. arguments against Frampton well, he's had well, a hell of a 2016 man what a, and what a guy outside of the yeah. ring as well he's mm. a diamond isn't he so um, fight uh, of the year we well we didn't vote for this this is what you voted for White Chisora I think that's because it was fresh in the mind you know yeah me too, me um, too. Because... it was great oh, don't yeah, get absolutely. me wrong it was a cracking fight I caught up with it again over Christmas actually mm. they replayed it on uh, they replayed it on Sky and uh, I watched the whole thing yeah. again and it was cracking brilliant brilliant fight 56% of the vote that for me I, I went Bispin Silver. That's what I voted for because yeah. the other shortlist, Vargas Salido, was an absolute cracker. And it's exactly one year uh, ago from Lola Condit. I watched wow. that back. I watched it back this morning because somebody put it up on the, online the whole fight, and I watched it back, and it's it's ridiculous. It's, yeah. it, it gets it gets better and better the more I watch it. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I'm like you though. I thought Bispin versus uh, Anderson Silva yeah. was the one fight of the year. It finished second in our poll, twenty two percent of the vote. Um, Lola Condit was third, and then Vargas Salido finished fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, knockout of the year no surprises I think we're all uh, with Canelo weren't we with his knockout of Amir Khan I said yeah. on the show that well, I don't know whether it's because the knockout was brilliant or whether it's because the knockout of Amir Khan I can't decide I can't decide which way our listeners went with but uh, 45% uh, went with Canelo on that one second place Bellew Bellew's knockout of uh, Makabu 33% obviously we've got a big Scouse contingent on here back yeah. in the boy Supporting your man. Uh, Lomachenko's knockout of Martinez finished third. And then finally, Ndam's uh, knockout of Blanco, who, by the way, uh, was uh, Dan Raphael's uh, knockout of the year. That one, uh, the Ndam versus uh, Blanco, which was last the last weekend of 2016. Yeah. Uh, fresh in everybody's mind. Maybe not a lot of people saw it. It's a sensational knockout. Dan Raphael of ESPN in America, he went for that as the knockout of the year. So yeah. it is all subjective. Everybody has their own opinions on it, but we've gone uh, Canelo Khan. Yeah, I think Dan probably went that way, didn't he? Because there wasn't much expectation of that guy knocking him out because he's not. Yeah, he's not a hit. Yeah, yeah. Whereas obviously Canelo, before that fight started, we were like, yeah, at some stage, Ami is going to get his whiskers exposed there. So uh, maybe that's why Dan went that way. But listen, I ain't arguing. I ain't arguing that one. Canelo's knockout was calm, was mm. chilling. And speaking of knockouts, again, just referring to our uh, UFC show tomorrow. Make sure you do subscribe. Uh, via iTunes at Fight Disciples. Go and check us out because we will be talking about Ronda Rousey getting lit up by uh, Amanda Nunes. Like a was, Christmas tree. It was ridiculous. Uh, so if you haven't seen that fight, go and check it out. Then download our podcast. We'll be having a full discussion on tomorrow's show. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Are you um, Are you doing a diet? Yes. What are you doing? 
Yes, I'm uh, cutting back on bread, trying to literally <laughs> eat no bread whatsoever. <laughs> what? what are you laughing at? Uh, no, go on, carry on. <laughs> cutting back on bread, I'm trying to up my water intake to two litres a day. And then I do me old fail safe when I, in 2008 when I did all those crazy activities and I yeah. trained to box and run the, you know swimming. The funniest one's the jockey. The funniest one's the jockey. The jockey one, man. That I, that was properly making weight. That was like a fighter making weight. Yeah, that yeah. one. And one of my best tips then was um, eat literally eat as soon as I get up and don't don't eat anything after 9 p.m. That's me. That's me. Uh, that's my diet. So eat <laughs> porridge as soon as I get up. Don't eat anything after 9 p.m. Drink two litres of water a day, minimum, Yeah, and uh, zero bread. Zero okay. bread's tough, you know. Zero mm. bread's a tough one. If you, if you, were, if you were a fighter, because mm. you have obviously been in the ring, you've, do, you've done the walk, yeah. what weight did you fight at? Uh, I was 12 and a half stone. So about so like 168? A uh, bit more? A bit more than that, about 172, something like that, when I did it. But when I did the jockeying, when I rode the racehorse, yeah. I, had, I had to make 12 stone. Wow. Because... Uh, well, not only I was standing next to Chuck Thornton and all these guys. Because how tall are you? You're Richard about Thornby. six, six, six two, two, six three. Yeah, yeah, six two. So when I actually got on the scales, I'll have to show you the pictures. I look I've like, seen them. I've seen like you a, on the jockey thing because I've seen you in the in the in the room with all the other jockeys that are about three foot tall, and you fucking crazy. dwarf them. Honestly, I look like a, I look like a crack addict with the flu and <laughs> <laughs> nothing. But uh, but yeah, I was 168 pound that morning. Right. I weighed 12 stone that day. I rode the rode the horse up. Wow. Yeah. That's the lightest I've been, and I was unhealthy. That was unhealthy, like, like you know what I mean. I did it properly. So if you were a fighter, you'd probably be you'd be a super mid. Uh, Maybe I'd, a light heavy. I'd be a light heavy, but boxing, I would be a light heavy, definitely. Yeah, I mm. couldn't I couldn't do one sixty eight again, and MMA one eighty five a middleweight. You see, yeah. I've, I've 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 got ambitions now of getting down to one sixty. Get out of town. Just just in my head, just to see if I can do it. To well, get what down are, to what are you walking around at now? Um, probably about one eight five. I could do that. I could do twenty five pounds. Damn, that's some good diet and that, you know. When was the last time you weighed one sixty? Let's say I'm about looking 13. at you now. I did, I'm looking. I'm looking across at you now, and you twenty five pounds is a lot of juice. You know, you've not got. A, I don't think you've got it to lose unless you've got big legs. You've got big legs. No. No, no, you are, you, you're going to struggle. Okay. I keep it well, elsewhere, son. Well, I keep the, it elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, when's the date? Well, come on, then oh, let's no, set no, a date. No, no, I'm not setting a date, mate. No, no, come on, come on. If you're going to commit to it. Let's set a fight date. Um, what, where are we at now? Um, shall we say, okay then, the way when, in, the way in of Bellu Hay? Do you reckon? When's what's first, Bellu Hay or Klitschko? Bellu uh, Hay in March. Yeah. You're gonna do twenty five pound in to, by March. Yeah, I, man. I, listen, I'm, I'm like Ricky Atten. I'm from Manchester, innit? You know what I mean? That's how we roll. I'm gonna give you a chance. Why don't you? Why don't we? Why don't you have a weigh in the morning of AJ versus Klitschko? Okay, what have I got to be at? You've got to cut twenty five pound. What one sixty? I've got to be at one sixty. You've got to do one sixty, yeah. I think I fucking overegged this. You have, yeah, big time. <laughs> Let me just make a note of this. Actually, can I just say, by the way, I was in, I was in the uh, I was in the gym the other morning, and all the uh, New Year New Me crew were out. They were all out in force, oh, man. Yeah. They were yeah. a few bigger than 160. They were a few bigger than 185, let me tell you. They were all in there. <laughs> they won't be there next week. They'll no. be back They'll be back on the mince pies. Exactly. Uh, listen, let's talk about fighters that uh, have previously made 160, but are now stepping up to 168. Chris Eubank Jr. We didn't actually speak about this. This, this news broke j- just in the final week of us breaking up for Christmas and, and New Year and what have you. Yeah. Chris Eubank Jr., um, he's stepping up in weight to fight at super middleweight for the IBO title. We'll discuss yeah. that in a minute. Uh, and he will be uh, he'll be fighting on ITV pay per view. 
against uh, Ronald Quinlan. It's happening on February the 4th. Do you know something? The more... It's like a fucking soap opera, this, at times. (laughs) Honestly, it is. It does my fucking head in because he's been on our show and we've sat down and we talked to the guy and I like him. I like Chris Eubank Jr. He speaks so nicely and you think to yourself, yeah, you're all right, you do. I kind of like you. I watch him in the ring and I think, you've got bags of talent. So why are you being such a fucking douche? Why are you being a knobhead? Why can't you... Why are you fighting against the regime? You're not going to change the game. You're not going to change it. Just because, I don't know, maybe your dad's had a bad relationship with promoters in the past and he thinks that in some weird way that he got ripped off or something, so he's trying to manage your career in a way so therefore you can take control of everything. You've got to prove yourself first. Floyd Mayweather just didn't do it like that. He just didn't take control like that. He became the best and mm-hmm. then he took control of it. Yeah. He, um, he, that's it. I've seen this quote from his from his dad this week and he was talking about that exact thing he was like well you know this is how you do it this is how you make your money this is how Floyd Mayweather did it and like he didn't no this was not how he did it he was tied to a promoter that he was multiple world champion at multiple weights and then he decided hang on a minute okay I'm I'll the best myself. now I'm exactly. going to go promote myself now exactly the problem is like ask yourself this question who's going to pay ITV for pay-per-view Eubank versus Quinlan. Well, do you know something? Who's, who's, who's going to pay that? If it's a quid, I might do, right? But I, I can't see it being a quid. It's going to be plus 10 quid, isn't it? I'm not going to pay that. And I'm it's a boxing just... fan. I do this for a living. I'm not going to do it. I can't be bothered. I'll probably get a hooky fee from Sweden or something to try and try and get it that way, to watch it retrospectively. I'm not even asked about the fight. Who the fuck is Renault Quinlan? Not yeah. even interested. No, exactly. Exactly. And to move up to super middleways, it's just like fucking bonkers. Why did and they it- do it on pay-per-view? Why have they not just gone, listen, we could, we, we've we got a great opportunity to take over and, and maybe get mainstream audience. Why don't we just put it on free free to air ITV? Let's just or, put it on Or that. even ITV2 or ITV3 or yeah. ITV4 or Doesn't whatever. Matter. Yeah, just put it on. Why are they doing it on straight to pay-per-view? Honestly, I, I just don't know who they think is going to buy it. I just don't... They haven't built any terrestrial audience. They haven't... Dipped the toe back into boxing since Jimmy Neary back in the 1990s or the noughties, whenever it was. It's, you can't just come back and say, right, we're going to do pay-per-view and it's going to be Chris Eubank Jr. up at a new weight division for a belt that nobody really cares about against a guy that everyone needs to Google. Mm. It just doesn't work like that. That's like... Do you know, do you know what I'm that a, more me? upset with ITV's like kind of yeah. perception of what they can do with boxing fans. Just yeah, go like, yeah. yeah, yeah, well, oh yeah, come on then, we'll have boxers. They should know, fucking, it took them a long time to build up that audience on ITV, terrestrial ITV back in the day. And they threw that away. They can't just come back with Chris Eubank Jr., no matter what his dad might be telling them. Yeah. What do you, the belt situation, the IBO title, for me, it's not a recognised belt. I couldn't give a shit about it. IBO, becoming an IBO world champion is one of those that comes with maybe the WBA belt or the WBC belt. It's, somebody else has got it. Just It's like an add-on, you know what I mean? It's like you buy yeah. one, you get one free type of thing. You don't just become a world champion off the back of that. For me, it's not recognised. And therefore, all this chat of Chris Eubank Sr. saying, the reason why we've done this, the reason why we stepped up in weight is obviously to get ourselves a world championship belt so therefore we can unify the division. James DeGale ain't going to give a shit about IBO, mate. You don't care. There's no money in that fight. There's no, no money there for him. Why, wait, especially when he's got a mandatory challenger in the, in the WBC if he beats Badu Jack uh, with, with Callum. And there's other ma- there's huge fights out there for him. Chris Eubank Jr. is a big fight for him, but come on, do it the proper way. Go and get yourself a proper belt. Yeah, that's what they're thinking, aren't they? An IBO belt, obviously. They can then parade them around as a, as a, a, champion. Wor- as a world champion, but 
I think the IBO kind of had a stint in the mid nineties where they got got some more respect. You know, like Nas had the title yeah. in IBO, Ricky Hatton had. But he also IBO. held other belts. They also held the IBF uh, championships at the same time. It's not the yeah. IBO. The IBO wasn't the seller. No. IBF and the WBO no, right. that was the seller. Yeah, Lennox had it as well. I think isn't Tyson, didn't Tyson Fury? Wasn't yeah, that one Tyson's of the multitude had it. Cl- Klitschko's had it. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I think Golovkin still won. Yeah. But, but Golovkin's got all the other belts as well. That's the sell. You're not yeah, selling exactly, the IBO yeah. belt. That's true, yeah. You can't just go, go and pick up an IBO belt and parade yourself as a world champion, as you say. It just doesn't doesn't work that way. And, you know, the thing is, no one's buying it. We ain't buying it. You know, most boxing fans aren't going to buy it. So you've got to ask yourself, why are, IT, why are ITV buying it? Why do ITV just think that if you just slap an IBO belt on top... That suddenly the world's going to take notice. It just doesn't work that way. That belt has just got no. It may as well be a WBU or a WBF. Yep. You know what I mean? One yeah, of these yeah. other alphabet belts that no one really cares about. Mm. It's um, it's disappointing. As I say, it's great that ITV are coming back into boxing. It's great that ITV want to get involved again. But who who's going to buy it? That again, who is going to buy this thing? Because I ain't. I say if it's a couple of quid, fair, if it's two or three quid, fair enough. But if it's a tenner or more, you've got absolutely no chance. Absolutely I feel, no chance. I, f- I feel sorry for the youngster. I feel sorry for uh, Chris Eubank Jr. Because he obviously respects his dad a lot and therefore he's going to take his advice. As we all do, we are our own parents, you know what I mean? We want to be guided and we want to be taken in certain directions. Of course we do. Personally, I think the kid's got a lot of talent. I think he's very good. And I, th- and I think he could be a, w- a legitimate world champion if they just got rid of all the ego. They just th- they got rid of all this bullshit and just said, listen, right, we are going to sign with this promoter, whether it be Frank, whether it be Eddie, whether it be Mick Hennessy, whoever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Sign with a promoter, let them do their job, let them promote properly, and then you get on with the fight game. Yeah, but that's how his dad did it. Yeah, I know it is. His dad was managed by Barry Earn. But he was, but he's he's pissed off because he thinks that he had a a raw deal. He thought he he thinks he's bigger than he should. You know, he should have been recompensed better than he and he was. And that's why he's he's managing his son's career this way. And I think he's he's doing something really bad because you're not gonna you're not gonna change the game that way. No, no, you're not. No, and. uh... Maybe he's looking at the way. In fact, all you're doing is pissing people off. People don't want to work with him now. I mean, look, did you see that interview with Eddie Hearn? Yeah, exactly. Talking about um, fees for coming to a birthday party for his dad and all that type of stuff. You're thinking to yourself, man, your your reputation's going downhill. It's kind of the exact opposite of what um, Cyclone Promotions and Barry McGuigan are doing with, with Frampton. He's doing brilliant because everybody wants to work with Frampton, and what my, what he's doing is what he's he's neg- McGuigan is negotiating him perfectly along the route where everyone wants to work with Frampton. Yeah. Frampton can appear on everyone's show. He can go here, there, and everywhere because they're quite happy to work in conjunction with people. Yeah. They're not running away, going, "Oh, we've got this massive TV deal and it's pay per view and it's this and that." No, they did a little thing on Channel Five, and then yeah. they were back on Sky Sports, and then they were. And look, and look who that's helping as well. The other fighters in that stable, the likes of Josh Taylor's, the Scottish yep. kid. Look yep. at that. I mean, he's you know uh, prime time. All right, it's Channel Five, but. Everybody watches that and go, fucking hell, he's good. You've yeah. got George Groves fighting Eddie Goodneck in that fight. You're thinking, oh, George Groves looking good again. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is all cycling. He's done it really well as Barry, and he was on here t- speaking about it. Sensational stuff, the way he's done it. And he's a switched on dude, obviously, taking Carl out to America because the bigger he gets in the States, the bigger Cyclone gets. It's as simple as that. Exactly. But he's putting the work in, and he's working with everybody, and he's not trying to jump in on the 10th floor straight away. He understands you've got to take time to build these things and build momentum. And the Eubanks just thinking they can jump all over a, a pay-per-view with ITV from the get-go. Mm. It just makes no sense. I just don't get it. What? Surely this fight, put it on ITV2, ITV3 for free. Let's watch it. Let's enjoy it and go, okay, yeah, he's an IBO. 
for what it's worth, he's an IPO champion yeah. now. And then kind of step him up and go, okay, we're going to try. We got so many viewers, we're going to do pay per view next. So just jump straight in at pay per view. Listen, the kid, nobody. What, what do you what do you make of the step up in weight to do this as well? Because obviously that then opens up conversations about James DeGale, whereas we know full well in September, um, he was offered, last September this is, he was obviously, obviously offered the uh, Triple G fight at middleweight. He ended up turning it down for whatever reasons. He says he never saw a contract. His dad's obviously done the negotiations. Kel Brook steps in. We all know what happened with that then now. So what do you make of that, w- walking away from your natural weight division when you've got unfinished business there? You ain't done anything really in that division. No, he hasn't, no, and uh, that's a good point. But ob- you know, obviously they see the opportunity in this title fight. You know, mm. He's fighting a guy, th- that Quinlan guy's had half the amount of fights that Eubank Jr.'s had. Mm. Kid's only had 11 or 12 fights. He's a world champion. I think he took the belt off Daniel Gale, who we know is a tough guy in his heyday. Yeah, but he's, but- not, he's not anybody now though, is he? Definitely not, and he's anything but a super middleweight. You know, back Daniel Gale was at his best back down at light middle and, and middleweight. When we seen him over this side of the water, he was a, you know, he's a, he was a good operator. Uh, fought Darren Barker, of course, yeah, for of the course, middleweight yeah. title. So um, that he was a legit guy then. But he's been on the, he's been since he lost to Cotto and Golovkin. His days are well and truly done. You know, Gales, and he's he obviously picked up that super middleweight belt and. Quinlan took it off him in all Aussie affair. I don't know. Has, has Quinlan even fought outside of Australia yet? You know, is he? Mm. I don't even think he has. This will be his first fight outside of Australia for a twelve fight novice. A guy who's got a, he's lost one and won them all, but they're all on home soil. Mm. You know, I think Daniel Gale is probably the only person on his record any of us have ever even heard of. Yeah, it's mad. And I now mean, he's coming to London to do pay per view against Chris Eubank. Do you, I don't know. Who, Frank, it, it who just seems like. Frank it's Warren perfect, told us that, yeah. that Chris Eubank Jr. Has, has, has been offered a boatload of cash. He's been offered seven figures to fight Billy Joe Saunders. Exactly. At middleweight. Come on, man. What are you doing? What are that's, you doing and that's the fight we want to see. Yeah. We, want, we were talked about this before we before we ended the year. We said, what fights do we want to see? We want to see Eubank Jr. get back in there with Billy Joe. It makes sense. Even though Billy Joe's the champ. Even though Billy Joe won the first fight. Eubank Jr.'s stock has risen. Yeah, we yeah. want to see it happen. It makes sense. That sets up a perfect eliminator for Golovkin. There's all big fights out there. But obviously, Eubanks, they think... Why Why bother going over old ground? I'll tell you why, because you need to avenge that fucking loss for the start. Mm, mm. But do they, it says it all about what the Eubanks want from this. And they, for me, this clearly means they're looking for an easy ride. It clearly means they're looking for young, young Chris. And I am with you. I think he's supremely talented. I love watching him fight. It reminds me of his dad. And his dad versus Nigel Bennett. Yeah, he's tough. Shit, old Old Trafford. Yeah. That was that switched me on. <laughs> that 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 was it. That was a, that was the moment where I was yeah, I was man. already being dazzled and romanced by the fight game. But that was it. I fell in love that night. And I, so I appreciate Eubank Jr. and what he brings to the table. But this fight, taking Quinlan on ITV, stepping up for the IBO super middleweight belt, it stinks of wanting an easy path. Mm. Stinks of wanting an easy route. And uh, you know, and I think as fans, we all recognise that. And I think I'm sorry, the ITV pay per view, they're going to feel it as well. Uh, one man that's definitely not going to get an easy ride. We just mentioned his name there, Billy Joe Saunders. You might have seen this over the holiday period while you're stuffing your face with uh, roast potatoes, my friend. Uh, Canelo's been made his mandatory for the WBO uh, <laughs> middleweight <laughs> crown. Now, the, the, it's not been obviously mandated right now. They've not been, they've not said this is you've got to do it within this allotted period of time. But he is now the number one, the mandatory challenger for that belt. He might get till May. He's got to get out quick as Billy Joe Saunders and get some fights under his belt if, if he's going to take that fight on. He does, yeah, because obviously he was, you know, we've we seen him fight once last year, didn't Shocking. we, against Akhavov, and, uh, you know, it, it was just a shadow of the, of the Billy Joe son. But he knows he, that, he, he admitted that. Before. And he did admit that before, yeah, so, you know, I've heard 
as well now that the, the Jimmy Tibbs situation that's completely melted. Yeah, they're definitely not getting back Crazy. together. So Billy Joe, first and foremost, he needs a, he needs a corner man. He needs a corner team. He needs to work with that corner team. What about the guys from Tawi? He was wicked. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, well, San, just, just stick it out there, San. Stick it out there. <laughs> You're doing great, mate. You're doing great. Exactly. So he needs, he need, not only does he need another fight before he gets in with Canelo, mm. but he needs to, he, to, to, get his, to get his sharpness back, get his footwork back and everything else. But he needs to get out there with, his, with a new corner team yeah. and get it gelling and make sure it works and make sure he's in the right frame of mind. If Billy Joe had a single roast potato on Christmas Day, I'd be disappointed. Because yeah. after that performance, that kid should have gone straight back into camp on the Monday morning and he should, should already be two or three weeks into fight camp, even though he hasn't even got an opponent yet. And he should be on the phone to Frank One every day saying, please get me out as soon as possible with my new corner team, with this, because there's big fights for him. Mm. There's big fights for him out there, Billy Joe. Canelo is a massive fight. And obviously, if you can up, if you can do on paper what seems impossible and beat Canelo, fucking hell, then you unlock a Golovkin fight and suddenly you're in and crazy money. So mm. this, this has got to be a massive, massive year for Billy Joe Saunders. But right here, right now, First two weeks into January, his fucking entire career seems like it's on a knife edge. It could go either way. He needs a new corner team. He needs to get his head back on his shoulders and needs to get busy. In and around those weight divisions, um, we've been talking, I mean, one of my predictions at the back end of last year was that all four Smith brothers would fight for a world title at some point in 2017. Um, I said that knowing full well that it was so, so close uh, that Paul Smith Jr., uh, would be uh, fighting uh, Tyron Jürg in Germany for the WBA, uh, WBA sorry, uh, regular title at the start of this year at some point. Um, I'm now hearing, right, there's been a spanner thrown into the works by the WBA because um, the geezer that they've made mandatory, uh, Ekbo, I'm not going to pronounce his first name, Ekbo, um, mm-hmm. he has uh, been made mandatory for Jürg. So their preferred fight is that to be made for uh, Tyron Zerg. I know that he's already got a date booked uh, in Germany, but the Sauerlands, who promote uh, Zerg, yeah. have um, asked for special um, uh, permission from the WBA. A permit. Yeah, yeah, be- a permit, yeah, because they want Paul Smith Jr. That's who they want. Yeah. So it's not signed, sealed, delivered as of yet, but that's a big spanner. I thought it was done. I thought Paul was going to be in there. No, I know exactly. Yeah, trust the old WBA to uh, throw a spanner in our way, say. But uh, <laughs> listen, at the end of the day, if you know if the promoters want it, obviously the champion wants it. Um, and money talks at the end of the day, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Isaac Expo, Expo, uh, did get pushed aside. You know, I, I think that that does certainly sounds like it's not closed. They would have to pay him, wouldn't they? So. They would have to pay him to stay yes. stand aside. Yeah, they'd have to pay him, and they'd have to guarantee the fact that uh, Ekpo fought the winner within ninety days or whatever it was, you know. So, but it can be done. These things can be these things can be gotten round, you know. It sounds like the good thing is that the ta- the champ wants Paul Smith. Yeah, the promoters want Paul yeah. Smith. Paul, Paul Smith, Smith wants Paul is Smith. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Paul wants Paul Smith. Yeah, he's happy to go to Germany. I'm guessing that's where it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and they obviously feel like they want another fight before they step in with Ekpo. So, listen, I think Ekpo could be getting himself a little brown envelope. Just mm. sim- Listen, similar to what Callum Smith just had. Yeah. Callum Smith was asked very politely with a little envelope. Listen, step aside, son. We're going to try and unify this super middleweight division and you'll get the winner. Uh, and I think on some level, the same thing might happen to Paul. It could be, listen, 
Uh, same thing could happen to uh, Ekpo. to Ekpo and, and open the door for Paul Smith. So mm. just got to keep our fingers crossed. No, I'm, I'm keep, definitely keeping my fingers crossed because I put that bet on, mate. I put my fucking mortgage on all four Smith brothers getting that, <laughs> them world title fights. So it better bloody happen. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Uh, now then, talking about lighter guys and fights that are being made because we're anticipating that 2017 will be the best yet. We had a cracker in 2016. British boxing's flying at this moment in time. British and Irish champions, 30 at this moment in time, I'm 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 quietly confident, quietly confident that the next man to have his arm raised as a, a new world champion could be Gavin McDonald. He's had his fight um, confirmed now with Ray Vargas. It's happening in Hull, technically home term. He's a Doncaster boy, so he's going to be up there in Hull. It's a great card. They've got all the boys on there. When you when, when whenever there's a fight in Hull, you know full well, right? Tommy Coyle's going to be fighting, <laughs> and you know full well that Luke Campbell's going to be fighting. They're on the undercard. It's great to see. Uh, but Gavin McDonnell, obviously his twin brother, uh, Jamie, is already the bantamweight champion. But the WBC, the green and gold, mm-hmm. um, have given him the opportunity to fight Ray Vargas uh, because the previous champion, obviously, has now retired. That belt is now va- uh, vacant. So the number one and number two in that division are going to be going uh, hell for leather in Hull. Great news, obviously, for that camp. We love that camp. Dave Caldwell's camp over there. And you know that they will leave no stone unturned in preparation for this fight yeah it's a great fight and a great opportunity and it just shows how a little bit of green and gold can a little bit of green and gold makes more green and gold you know Tony Bell you bringing it into the camp and obviously now uh, Gavin's going to have the same opportunity as well so listen I've got I'm I'm, I'm a huge McDonald fan I think both brothers absolute mustard Um, I think this is a big year for both of them I think this is you know listen they don't give away the green and gold it's a tough fight um you know, Vargas is there. I think Vargas is actually the number one contender. Yeah, serious uh, fighter. Ahead of McDonald. You know, the kid's unbeaten. He's got a shit boatload of knockouts. Um, confident kid as well to accept the fight. Well, I know that Purse bids kick in with this, but I know you've got to be a confident kid to go to somebody's backyard in order to challenge for this. Yeah, well, well you know what? If you're, if you're unbeaten and you've got yourself an 80 I mean, knockout yeah. record and everything else, then happy days. It won't bother them whatsoever. Uh, even though, it, you know, I'd have to check his record, but I, I remember looking last time, I don't think this kid's ever even fought outside of Mexico. No. Um, which is unusual, you know, usually if, if if they're willing to travel, he's probably been and fought in the States or whatever, but this kid's, he's the WBC silver champ, I think, or the international champ, or the youth champion, or whatever, these balls. <laughs> Basically, this kid's... The, he's the number one. He's the legit number one <laughs> contender, and he's... He probably thinks, you know what, Pfft, I'll do it anyway. It's my it's my opportunity to win the belt, and I'll quite happily go over to the UK, and I'll knock this kid out. But if the McDonald's, if Gavin especially has proven anything in the past, he's got a great chin. He loves it in the he loves it in the uh, in the trenches. Yeah, and, uh, and it's a massive opportunity for them. He's got size as well. He's, uh, when I yeah. say size, I mean height. Therefore, he's got an opportunity. I mean, if he, if he, Dave Dave Colwell's obviously a very clever man, and therefore he'll pick the ta- the correct tactics for this particular fight. Personally, I think keeping it at range. If you've got them levers, keep him on the end of them levers and try and just box his ears off for twelve rounds. You know what I mean? And at the end yeah. of the day, if your arms raised, you're the world champion. It's irrelevant how you go about doing it. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So, but I, the, the good thing is they won't have to go looking for Vargas. You know, it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it won't be it won't be one of them fights where he's got to try and pick his way through. Uh, they'll know what Vargas brings to the table. He's a bigger and young Mexican kid that's super confident. And uh, what they've got to do is break his heart, haven't they? They've got mm. to break his heart systematically. They've got to feed you've him. You've got to collar job. him. You've got to do what yeah, Collar did. That's to exactly Barossa. what you've got to do. do. Yeah, great, great analogy. Yeah, that's exactly what they've got to do. So uh, we'll have to get Gavin and Dave on the show before the fight. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, now then, to finish today's show, 
Um, we're not going to talk about fights that we want to see because we did that at the back end of last year. We, we've told you. We want to see Brock Khan. We want to see all these Brock great Khan, fights. Brock Khan! For fuck's sake, make Brock Khan! Unreal. <laughs> So what we're going to do, we're going to try and use our extensive boxing knowledge. Well, mine's limited. Nick's obviously got tons of it. So we've ju- we've we've picked out basically a couple of young prospects, couple of lads coming through that we think might make big shakes in 2017. Some of our picks you may have heard of yourself. You might be familiar with these lads. Uh, mine in particular, I think you will have heard of him, but I think that this could be a great year uh, for this particular kid. But we're going to go over to the guru first. Let's see what he's got in his locker because he always goes fucking left field with this, right? This is what he does, right? He doesn't go obvious. He tries to baffle me with someone, some kid that's fighting <laughs> Bognarides in Butlins, right? Who's going to be world champion by the end of the year. Come yeah. on, who's your prospect for 2017? Okay, my prospect for 2017. He actually boxes in two weeks' time. Mm. 21st of January, Preston Guildhall. Ah, Robbie Davis Jr. Ah, the curly-haired assassin. The right. curly-haired assassin himself. Listen, I know before anyone listening goes, oh, he's a fucking scouser. Yeah, I know he's a scouser. He's from Kirby. He's a funny I, bastard, I know though. that. He's a funny lad. The kid is super talented. He comes from stock. Obviously, his dad, Robbie Davis Sr., was, mm. was an Olympian. Mm. Uh, Robbie himself, young Robbie, is uh, 14 and 0 now with 10 knockouts. I think he was three fights we seen him in in 2016. Uh, two knockout performances. and uh, He's got a tough fight in Preston, that, you know. He That's has. Listen, fight. Willie LeMond, man, the kid. And I know Willie LeMond. I've, I've covered many Le- Willie LeMond fights. Obviously, Willie's uh, been around British and Commonwealth level and held both belts, I think. for He's been around that mix for, uh, you know, it's probably ten years now. He's been he's been in the mix. You know, he's a he's a quality operator, and it's a big step up for Robbie Davis Jr. But listen, this kid is mustard, absolutely mustard. I've seen him train. I remember watching him a lot when he was in the amateurs. Obviously, I've followed his career now since he's been in the pro ranks. Mm. He's been a pro for about three or four years now. Never put a foot wrong. Listen, I haven't been obvious here. I haven't just jumped on, you know, Luke Campbell or, you know, a, a former Olympian that's been signed by Eddie Ian and yeah. is getting all this incredible attention. I'm not going to go with a Katie Taylor. Right. I'm, you know, I've, I've gone a little bit off-piste. But what, what I'm saying is this kid is genuine, world-class, genuine, going to make it. 2017, starting with Le- Willie LeMond in a few weeks' time. I think it's going to be hard to keep this kid on the, on the uh, you know, on a short lease for much longer. I just... It's only a matter of time before he breaks through onto a huge card. Whether he needs a big promoter or not, you know, time will tell. But talent-wise, commitment-wise, ability, comes from good stock, ticks all the boxes. Yeah, my 2017 tip, Robbie Davis Jr. I'd thoroughly advise anybody to go and follow his Instagram. The guy's fucking nuts, right? He just, he, he's, do, he's got this video when the Willie Lamont fight was made. I think it was made at the back end of the year, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Last year. Um, and uh, he released this video of him singing The King of Wishful Thinking. Do you know that tune? And I tell myself I'm over you. That one, yeah. It's brilliant. But he's not singing it. He's mimed it. I don't know how he's put the video together. It's hilarious. He's in his boxer shorts, skating around his house. It's brilliant. Go and check him out. Uh, Robbie Davis Jr. He comes across as a really good kid. We have a bit of banter with him on social media as well. He, he comes across, yeah, he comes across as a good lad. And fingers crossed, uh, he does the business as what Nicky's saying for 2017. Do you want? Do you want to know mine? Of course, yeah. Here we go, mate. Now don't take the piss. 
because there's an obvious reason why you're going to take the piss. If you say Katie Taylor, I'm going to fucking I'm gonna, climb over I'm this I'm not going to say that Katie Taylor. I'm not going to say that. Even though I wish Katie Taylor all the best, I'm not going to say that. Good. I'm going to say a kid that's undefeated. I'm going to say a kid that's had 17 fights and undefeated. Currently nine KOs. The reason why I've gone for this lad, okay, yeah. is that I believe that the new BT Box Nation deal... Could, he could be one of the stars of that deal. Okay, you've got Beefy. Okay, you've got Terry Flanagan. Everybody's expecting them. I don't think most boxing fans will have seen this lad fight. They may have heard of him because I speak about him. I've spoke about him a couple of times, but I think he's going to come good this year. He is fighting in the super lightweight division. Are you there with me yet? Are you there with me? Interesting. Both both chose super lightweights. Are you ready? Jack. Yeah! <laughs> Come on, man. I don't fuck about. I'm looking after the Catterolls, aren't I? <laughs> Jack Catterall. Honestly, I know that there's obviously connotations of me having the same surname as him. And so you think it's some type of in-house type vibe. As far as I know, we're not related. He's from Chorley. Yes, I'm from Blackburn. We're from down the road from each other. But this kid, I've seen him fight a few times now. In particular, the first time I saw him was against your mate, Tom Stoker. Yeah. I thought he was absolutely brilliant that night. I've followed him ever since. Again, still undefeated. Okay, he's not coming into the fore of fighting anybody top, top, top level as of yet, but I think he's got all the tools to really make a statement in this particular division. Okay, Terence Crawford's in that division. Okay, Ricky Burns is in that division. And we're talking about the elite of the elite now, the Victor Postoles, the Lombard Petersons, all these type of geezers, right? Yes, he's not at that level as of yet, but I'm going to make a prediction this year, 2017. With this deal, mm-hmm. BT, Frank Warren, Beatbox Nation, Frank's going to want to make a statement. He's going to want to get some big names over it. He's got to put these fights on where people go, fucking hell, such and such a body's fighting in Liverpool or such and such a body's fighting in Cardiff or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we want to go and see these guys. I've got a funny feeling that Adrian Brown is going to come to the party here, right? Yeah. I've got a funny feeling that they just might make a fight for Adrian Brauner in the UK. And I, and I think that Jack might get that fight. I've, wow. I've, I've just got a funny feeling that that might happen. I hope that's true. I now, hope that's I've, true. I've, what an opportunity that would be. Absolutely. Now, I'm not saying he's going to win that fight, but he, you will come away from that fight going, wow, that kid has arrived. And that is why I think that Jack Catterall, it could be his year 2017 where people are going, this is a kid that we need to be having a bit of a nosy at and we need to be obviously pushing him towards world title honours. Now, I know he's highly ranked in the WBO. Terence Crawford is the WBO champion. We're not going to give him a chance at this moment in time in that particular fight. We're not daft, okay? Your boy, I think he's ranked in the WBA, your Robbie Davis Jr. fella. Yeah. Interim, yeah. Yeah, I think he's I think he's ranked Interim quite track. highly there, yeah. yeah. So both of these lads in this particular... I mean, we might even see them two in it together. I, listen, that's what I'm getting excited about. You might even see them together. Woo-hoo! What if mm. my prospect for 2017... Against mine. For your prospect for yeah, 2017. Man. Yeah, man. Fucking hell, that don't, would be awesome. Don't forget as well, um, Tyrone Nurse, British champ, is in that mix. He's, uh, it, my guy runs through Tyrone Nurse. I think Jack will do. Jack would yeah, as well. Yeah. Now, Tyrone's a brilliant slick fighter, but he's no power. So I, I reckon what, Jack could do him. I tell you what, I'm just having a little look now. Do you know who else is in that mix as well? And he looks mustard. Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor. Young yeah. Josh Taylor. He's a super lightweight as well. Mm. Oh, that's a kick-ass little... British as well. Woo-hoo-hoo! Because you would anticipate. I mean, if, if when we spoke to Barry McGuigan, Barry McGuigan's talking Josh Taylor, Ricky Burns this year. That's what he wants. At the back end of this year, yeah. he wants jo- uh, Josh Taylor in with Ricky Burns. I personally think, and this is no disrespect to Ricky because he's a seasoned champion, three-weight world champion, I think Josh will take him out. I think he'll beat him. It's a big shout for us. Josh Taylor's only a seven or eight fight novice. It, Come I, on. Think, mate, I think he's that good. I think I he's that good. I think talent-wise, he's certainly... Got, do you know what? I think Cattrall, Robbie Davis Jr. and 
Taylor. Uh, Josh Taylor are, are definitely the future of this weight class, certainly as far as the UK is concerned. Mm. I think anyone below Ricky Burns, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just having a little look now. I, I fancy them against anybody, really. Ashley Theophane's a big fight, actually, because yeah. he's got a, obviously, he's tied with the Mayweather gym and everything else. So, but uh, I think Ricky Burns for now sits quite comfortably at the top of that pack. But all M3, by the end of this year, by the end of this year, them three, that's, well, that's got to be their goal. Okay, then. One Ricky of those Burns three. has got to be their goal. Or one of those three will get Broner. Wow, great shout. Because I, I think Ricky Frank Burns will throw fight. Yeah. Ricky Burns would fight Broner. Yeah. I know, yeah. Frank's going to throw some money at this man. I know, all right, that Ricky Burns is wee Eddie, but if, I reckon Frank will throw the money at uh, Adrian Broner, and I think a Frank fighter will get that. Interesting. Catterall, mate. Say Interesting. Catterall, champion of the world, mate. Champion Listen, of the world. I just want I don't want to throw two young lads together because obviously you want them both to do well and you want them to fight when it matters. But imagine if Catterall fought Robbie Davis Jr. this year now. <laughs> Reputations would be on the line in this room, I'm telling you. That'd be epic. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, thank you very much once again for being a part of what we do on a weekly basis. Next week, of course, we build up to the unification clash in the super middleweight division. De Gale, Jack, IBF, WBC on the line. The first one for 2017, mate. On a scale of one to absolutely fucking giddy, where are you right now, Nick? Um, I'm probably around 7.5. Nice. That's a good build-up because we've still got a good 10 days before we even get stuck into that fight and a full seven before we review it or preview it, should I say, uh, on the Fight Disciples podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us via iTunes. Come and join the daily conversation because we're smashing out memes for fun, taking the piss out of Ronda Rousey. It's what we do on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> Come and join us, my man. At Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Absolute pleasure once again to be back in the swing of things. Let's have a crack in 2017. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.